Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is Elena. I'm hosting solo today, doing a little bit of a different episode than you're maybe used to hearing me on for the Q&A episodes. Today, I'm going to be hosting the Leaders and Entrepreneurs in History episode, um, or LEH for short. I'm really excited to dive in to a little bit of history with you. I'm kind of a history nerd myself, so this was a little fun to prepare for. Uh, Today, I'm going to be highlighting someone who is actually a woman in history, uh, who did a lot of monumental things that changed our country, our world for the better. And I'm excited to be able to do this now because it's actually women's history month. So I'm very excited to dive into the topic today. So thank you for listening in and being a part as always, we always say, please leave a rating and a review wherever you listen, whether that's on iTunes podcasts or Spotify, wherever you choose to listen. Uh, So today we're going to be covering Clara Barton, and she is such an influential woman. I loved reading more about her story. If you don't know who she is, she's the most well-known for finding the American Association of the Red Cross, or just Red Cross for short, is what we mostly know it as today. A foundation that does so much for so many different people, whether it's here in our country or doing donations around the world, uh, really working to make a difference. And she was an integral part of finding that, uh, that association. So I'm really excited to talk a little bit more and share more of her history with you and just how she was such a leader, uh, and how her leadership skills helped to change our world for the better. So let's dive in. So when you hear the name Clara Barton, you probably think of the person who helped distribute supplies to the Union Army during the Civil War and finding the disaster relief organization, the American Red Cross. But she was actually born on Christmas Day back in 1821 in Massachusetts, and she was the youngest of five children. Her father was a very prosperous farmer. And as a teenager, one of Barton's brothers, David actually was his name, became seriously ill. And so she began helping take care of her brother when he fell off of a barn and that caused him to be very sick. She spent two years taking care of her brother, David, and the doctors did not have much hope for him, but with her help, he eventually did heal and recover and get better. And during this time, this showed her and her family that she really enjoyed and prospered when she was taking care of other people. So this helped her parents be motivated um, to encourage her to become a teacher. Her family then seeing that she enjoyed taking care of others and did so well, uh, helping nurse her brother back to health. They redirected her to become a teacher. Once a family friend 
had recommended this after uh, having a conversation with her and getting to meet her. So she began teaching at 18, 18 years old, and she founded a school for workers' children at the mill, um, her brother's mill, when she was only 24. So she began teaching at 18, and by the age of 24, she founded a school, and then she moved to New Jersey, and that's where she actually established the first free school in 1852. So from a very young age, obviously our generations have changed and evolved. Usually now at 18, you are just either graduating high school, getting into college and finding what you want to do. But by 18, Clara was already on the path of being a teacher. She went on to find a school. She went on to establish the first free school. So she really was discovering all of these leadership talents that she had within her. And that was not without the help of her parents and of this family friend who saw Clara and saw her capabilities and really encouraged her to go and pursue this career that she may have never considered herself being a part of before these motivations from outside sources. So this is just a friendly reminder that when you are a leader or an aspiring leader, uh, surround yourself with people who encourage you and motivate you and can point you in the right direction and can help you to find opportunity. And also, even if you are not a leader or wouldn't consider yourself a leader, which I would assume you do, if you're listening to a leadership podcast, you can actually see sparks in other people and you can see sparks in maybe your kids, your nieces, your nephews, your neighbor, and encourage those people in your life that you see something in that you see these character traits in to, to go for it. And just sometimes people need that, that person to speak life into their situation, to speak life into them, into their characteristics. And really just by doing so Clara's parents and this person, a family friend, Mr. Fowler, they were able to help her become a teacher and say, you know, I really enjoy teaching and I really enjoy this. And then she founded a school for workers' children. And then she went on to find the first free school and in New Jersey, not the first free school in the country. So I want to clarify that. So no one comes back to me with that's not correct information, uh, but the first free school in actually Bordentown, New Jersey. So she just needed someone to speak life into her. And once these people did and pushed her, she was able to go on to do so many amazing things. And let's just think if no one spoke life into her, no one saw these character traits that she displayed when she was helping take care of her brother and just growing up with five other or four other siblings, you have to think if no one told her, Hey, you know, Clara, they probably didn't say it that way back in the day, but you know, we see this in you and we think you'd be amazing at this. And we think you should really try this and test the waters with this. What would she have been doing? You know, would we have the Red Cross today? All of these years later, what would have happened with the soldiers that she helped to save? We're going to get to that in a minute. What would have happened with her brother? You know, all of these things and moving parts really happened because people spoke life into her. So as a leader or as someone who wants to become more of a leader, you can really speak life into other people's situations and help bring things to light that they may have never brought to light on their own. So after establishing the first free school in 1852, she actually resigned because she discovered that the school hired a man and he, they hired him for twice her salary. And she is pretty well known for saying that she would never work for less than a man. So she resigned and decided to leave the school. 
Then in 1854, she was hired as a recording clerk at the U.S. Patent Office, actually in Washington, D.C. So the first woman that was appointed to a job like this, and she was paid $1,400 annually, which when we think of getting paid $1,400 in a year, and that was considered a salary, it's just so crazy to think about now in our day and age when things have changed and inflation has occurred so much since then. I thought that number was crazy, but she was being paid the same as her male colleagues. So $1,400 annually, that's what she accepted. She would not be paid less than a man. She stood her ground. She stood for what she believed in. She knew her worth and she wouldn't settle. But the following year, Robert McClelland, who was a secretary um, in this office, he decided he opposed women working in government and he decided to reduce her to being a copyist with a lower salary. So in 1857, the Buchanan administration eliminated her position entirely. But then in 1860, three short years later, she returned as a copyist after President Lincoln was elected. So she is really refusing to settle and refusing to have you know, others dictate things to her that are not fair. She did not want to be paid less than a man in the school. So she resigned. Then she was hired as this recording clerk in a U.S. patent office. And she was demanding to be paid $1,400 annually, the same as her male colleagues were being paid. Then whenever the secretary McClellan comes in, he decides he does not want women working in government. Women don't have a place in government. That's a different story and different topic for another day. But he reduces her to being a copyist, which had a position with a lower salary. And the Buchanan administration in 1857, so this is all happening in three years since she's hired in 1854, they decide that they are going to eliminate her position entirely. But then in 1860, three years later, this is... The three, this is a six year span with so much going on in her life. She returns as a copyist after Lincoln is elected. So we know that the civil war is coming in 1861 and this leads her to quitting her job and making it her mission to bringing supplies to union soldiers in need. So if we think back to when her brother was hurt, when she was younger, before the age of 18, we remember she really enjoyed taking care of her brother. She helped nurse him back to health when doctors wanted to give up on him. She did not. So this can show us, you know, she had these seeds planted for her to become a nurse and she wanted to be a nurse. She went on to be a teacher. These roles are very similar in both roles, a teacher or a nurse. You are giving away your time, your efforts, your, your mind um, to helping encourage and heal and grow other people. Um, and I think that just is a testimony to how she's going to become such an integral part of the American Red Cross and something we still rely on today in so many different ways. And just how these seeds that were planted had to be watered and tended to in order for it to ultimately bloom into what we know today as the American Red Cross. So she decides she is going to make it her mission to bringing supplies to the soldiers in need. And this is what starts her career of aiding people in times of conflicts and in disaster. So in 1862, she receives official permission to transport supplies to battlefields at every major battle in Maryland, Virginia, and South Carolina. She also tended to the wounded soldiers at these battlefields, and she became known as the angel of the battlefield. So that's an amazing amazing name to have given to you. Um, she was officially named head nurse for one of General Butler's units in 1864, and she had no formal medical training. The only medical training Clara Barton had was what she learned, you know, by taking care of her brother. So this is just really incredible. It's such an incredible accomplishment that she has. 
and she joined Francis Gage in helping to prepare slaves for their lives and freedoms. So we are in the Civil War. We know the Civil War was about slavery. So after the war, Barton helped locate missing soldiers. She marked thousands of graves, and she also testified in Congress about her wartime experiences. So this woman, so monumental, she is pouring into so much growth in her life, and she is refusing to settle for less always. She's always setting the bar higher and higher and higher and doing things women have really never done. She gets named Angel of the Battlefield just for helping soldiers in their time of need and rescuing so many soldiers. Then the war is over, and she is still not giving up. She's deciding I'm going to help even more slaves prepare for their lives. What can I do for the slaves? You know, she is just so monumental in locating missing soldiers, marking these graves, testifying in Congress. She is really stepping outside of the box all the time in her life. And I think that is such a big leadership trait because when you are an aspiring leader or an entrepreneur, you have to step out of the box. Often you have to get very, very used to being uncomfortable and being, you know, a jet setter and and starting things that other people have not done before, especially for women being, you know, the first woman to be paid an equal salary in office, all of these things. She is being a trailblazer for those to come behind her. So then in 1869, uh, Claire Barton traveled through Europe to regain her health. And in Switzerland, she learned about the International Red Cross, and that was established in Geneva back in 1864. So when she returns to the U.S., she built support for creating an American Society of the Red Cross by writing these pamphlets, lecturing, and she actually met with President Rutherford B. Hayes. Then on May 21st, 1881, the American Association of the Red Cross was formed and Barton was elected the president in June. So in 1882, the U.S. joined the International Red Cross. So by 1881 to 1882, she is creating the American Association for the Red Cross. She's have, she is prompting the U.S. to join the International Red Cross. She's meeting with the president of the United States. Just think this girl who's born, you know, on Christmas Day in Massachusetts, the youngest of five kids. Her father is a rich farmer. Are people even thinking that one day she's going to grow into doing all of these monumental things for overall our country? It's just absolutely inspiring to think it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your story. Everyone has opportunities to set the bar higher and to really pursue, you know, this this life of, of making monumental changes of achieving your goals and ultimately of growth. We talk a lot about growth here, um, in Centurion and that's what life is about. Always growing outside of your comfort zone, always pursuing more. And I think Claire Barton was a perfect example of that. So she remained with the Red Cross until 1904, attending the national and international meetings. She was aiding with disaster, helping homeless, helping the poor, and even writing about her life and the Red Cross. She was also a supporter of women's suffrage. So she goes from supporting the civil wars to helping the slaves to women's suffrage. And in 1904, she established the National First Aid Association of America, which emphasizes emergency preparedness and developing first aid kits. And then her Maryland home became a historic site in 1975. First dedicated to the achievements of a woman. How inspiring that the very first place, the very first national historic site that is dedicated to a woman's achievements is Clara Barton. She set the bar so high for so many women. 
I love everything about her life story. She's always pushing for more. Nothing was handed to her. She had to fight. She refused to settle. And she really did start a new wave of change for women in this country and her home just becoming the first dedicated to the achievements of a woman for the national historic site, uh, back in 1975, just goes to show people did find a respect for her, um, throughout her life. And I find her absolutely so inspiring. Before we wrap up today's episode, I want to give a few fun facts that I found about Clara throughout my research and some things I found very interesting. So Clara was giving a soldier some water when he suddenly died and she noticed a hole in her sleeve from a bullet that narrowly missed her and killed the soldier. I thought that was so interesting. After the Civil War, like we shared, Clara worked to track the missing soldiers and the army had actually kept very little record of lost soldiers. So she went out of her way to do this. This wasn't something that she was assigned to doing. That was something that she chose to do. After leaving the Red Cross, she was in her 80s. She traveled the country teaching people first aid skills. Like I shared previously, she did go to establish a first aid association. And I found that very inspiring. Once she you know, had the Red Cross under her belt, she was not done. She continued to pursue more. Something I found super interesting and very heartwarming was that she never was married. She never had any children of her own. She said that she considered the soldiers to be her family. That really is so touching. And I just found that to be one of my favorite facts about her. Just what a down to earth, kind, inspiring, motivated woman Clara Barton was. I would encourage you to go read more about her and just to know she's, she's known for finding the American Red Cross, but here you can see she did so much else with her life, you know, started giving her life away to others just by taking care of her brother. She was really, that was her purpose. She was really on fire for her purpose of helping others take care of others. And that was proven in all of her life's work. So I hope that you guys enjoyed learning a little more about Clara Barton. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, please share it or let us know, leave us some feedback on Facebook or Instagram or in your review. If you would like to hear more about anyone else from history, there are so many people in history that we think we know about because we've taken a test on them or we've seen their name at a historic site, but there's so much more really that we can unpack about different people in history. And that's our goal with doing the leaders and entrepreneurs in history. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode and hope to have you listen in again. Thanks guys. Thanks.